Today's episode features some reselling news and a look back at a truly terrible, awful, no good week. What is up, Galaxian fam? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips. A special shout out to a big tranche of new subscribers who signed up over the weekend, I think, from Dave Midwest Pickers Live on Sunday. So thank you so much to all of you for coming over if this is your first time here. My name is Ryan and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel is all about the flip life. You've reached my midweek update episode and it is a clunker. (laughs) Oh man. I talked last week in the episode about a fairly mediocre sales week. And I kind of gave away the lead that I lost a day to a trip, a wasted trip to South Charleston, West Virginia. And man, this week was no better. Let's, let's cut right to the chase. With the weekly recap, we're jumbling things up this week. Uh, I will have a small what sold segment kind of at the end of this, but man, it was it was rough out there. I've seen a lot of sellers talk about sales seem to have been slow here recently, and some have attributed it to the spring seller update, which I don't I don't know that I see any particular connection between anything really in the spring seller update, with the possible exception of one thing that people have pointed out, that larger sellers may have dumped a significant amount of inventory into the eBay ecosystem with all the extra free listings and flooded the market with merchandise. And that has probably potentially had the net effect of increasing eBay's sales overall, but potentially lessening individual sellers' sales. No specific evidence to point to that, but anecdotally, that's something that people are talking about. In my case, I I can attribute it probably to a couple of things. Number one, I have sold through a significant amount of my better inventory, and I haven't had a really good big bulk buy in a couple of months. Garage sales are just now starting to kick back up and I've been out a few times and sourced a few things there, but I haven't really been listing a ton of high value quick flip items over the last, say, 45 to 60 days. I've got a, I've added a lot of inventory to my store, but it's a lot of lower value and long tail stuff. And I think that has probably impacted my business. So I got to get out there and get hustling and find some more better stuff. Obviously, that's the key to this game. Buy low, sell high, and turn quickly if you can. So that's kind of what I'll be focusing on over the next little bit. Last week, in last week's episode, I talked about I I lost that day because I drove to South Charleston. For those of you who are new to the channel, one of my other little gigs is I do what's called dealer trade drives for a Volkswagen dealership that I used to be in sales and finance and training and all other kinds of stuff for. But essentially what I do, somebody asked, uh, Anthony, I believe, asked, in the last episode, how does that work? So essentially what happens is that store needs a vehicle that is available at another dealership and they will call that dealership and that store will then select something from our store's inventory. I will drive that car to wherever I'm going 
and switch cars and bring it back. So it's literally a dealer trade. They're just swapping cars and they need somebody to drive to do that. It's a nice little gig. Gets me out of the house maybe once a week. Last week, it got me out of the house twice because the first time, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I got all the way to South Charleston, West Virginia, and the car that I went to get had been given to another store. So on Friday, I met one of their drivers halfway between where I am here in the greater Cincinnati area and Charleston, West Virginia. So we met in Chillicothe because they had retrieved the vehicle that we needed from Atlanta. So this thing had like 1,300 miles on it already. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, If I was buying a new car, if I'd be all that impressed uh, with something that ultimately was going to have about 1,400 miles on it before I ever took possession of it. Um, But they were fine with it. So we went ahead and did the deal. But I lost another five hours of a day making a second drive. So I, it was a busy week around here from that standpoint. One of the things I do on this channel, again, if you're new, is I share a weekly update where I talk about my numbers. And as you could probably tell from the intro, it was a pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty terrible week. I, I say that and that's not, it really wasn't that bad. In the scheme of things, it was still fairly reasonable We'll, we'll get to it in the net profit section, but I literally, even though my sales were way, way down, my net profit was only off from the week before by three cents. <laughs> uh, so all in, I, I'm not going to complain too awful much. So listings for the week, I did, despite losing that day and a half for the trade drives, I did manage to get another 90 listings up on my eBay store, which got me to 6488 active listings, which was a net gain of 26. If you've been following along over the last month or so, my net weekly gains have generally been in the single digits, two, four, eight, something like that. This week it was 26. (laughs) Uh, So that gives you some idea that I didn't have that many sales. It netted to 64 listings that sold last week, which my normal week is closer to 80, 85. Last week I believe was 78. So it was well, well down. Over on Mercari, I added 97 listings, the 90 new ones that went to eBay, and seven items that were on eBay that were auctions that closed without a buyer that I went ahead and made buy it now and then transferred on over using list perfectly to Mercari. That got my Mercari store total up to 2,422 listings or a net gain of 59 over there. Sales for the week. This is where it gets pretty pretty rough. Uh, gross sales, actually not all that bad. $1,007.54. So that's down about $300 from my average, but it all occurred in one place, eBay. Sales at the Westchester Antique Mall were again, not that great. $14.88. Bonanza was back on the board this week for $26.49. Mercari, I had a reasonably solid week with $186. Thank goodness. Because eBay, which has historically over the last probably six or eight months been anywhere from eleven to fifteen hundred dollars, was seven hundred and eighty dollars and seventeen cents. So the eBay sales fell off a cliff. Uh, let me know in the comments what what your week looked like. Uh, what's your current experience as we get into spring? I know things tend to slow down a little bit in the spring. We're also 
up against kind of people running out of their stimulus money and all of the extra stuff that was going on. Things are starting to get back to normal. People are able to get out a little bit more. Things are starting to open up across the country. So there's a lot at play here, uh, but a, a drop of essentially at least $400 in eBay sales was a bit, was pretty eye-opening. Cost of goods sold for the week, not bad, $28.11, which left me with a gross profit of 97.21% or $9.79.43. Operating expenses, as you can imagine, with fewer sales, operating expenses were down because I didn't pay as much in fees and I didn't have as much shipping expense. So my total operating expense, which in a normal week is over $500, was only $368.38, uh, $214.91 in shipping and about 150 odd dollars in eBay fees and that sort of thing. So not bad. That left me with a net profit for the week. This is where things start to look up a little bit. <laughs> uh, 60.65%. So really, really terrific. No extraordinary expenses. I didn't, I didn't have any subscriptions come due. I didn't have to buy any supplies. So net profit was pretty solid. Like I said, it was only three cents off the week before at 611.05. Not ideal. We've talked about on this channel repeatedly that my goal is to net pre-tax $100 a day every day, rain or shine, Monday through Sunday. A little bit off of that, but all things considered, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that with a smile and uh, move on with life. So <laughs> uh, again, let me know in the comments, how was your week? How are things going with your business as we roll into spring? And uh, man, Hopefully this week is better. I literally, I had four days last week where I didn't break $100, which is very, very unusual. Normally in a week, I might have one day like that, but to have four was pretty, pretty shocking. Uh, the weekend was equally terrible. Saturday was not too bad. Sunday, which normally is pretty good for me, was just awful. It is Tuesday morning as I record this, Monday and overnight Monday were actually fairly good. So hopefully things have kind of turned the corner and we're moving on with that. News updates. Let's talk about some reselling news. Let me know in the comments what you what you think of this particular section of the podcast or the video. Do you want more? of this sort of kind of wide perspective reselling news? Do you want less? Am I doing just the right amount with four or five articles a week that I cover? Let me know what, what you'd like to see in this segment. There were, I was list perfectly shared part of the video I did a couple of weeks ago where I kind of reviewed my first month of their system. And a couple of people commented that they really enjoyed the reselling news segment of this podcast. So let me know in the comments I pass over a ton of articles every week to try to keep this thing a little more concise and a little more condensed. If you'd like more, let me know. If you'd like less, let me know. If you think this section is a complete waste of time, you can let me know that too. <laughs> uh, but let's get into it. This one, whew, eBay CEOs received $77.9 million in compensation in 2020. Uh, ouch, that's a big number. Uh, this is on e-commerce bites. As always, I will link to these articles in the show notes and the video description below figures released on Monday revealed that the sudden departure of eBay CEO Devin Wenig in September of 2019 proved costly for the company beyond his 
$57 million exit package that year. In 2020, eBay had two CEOs, an interim chief executive and a permanent replacement. Together, the pair's compensation totaled nearly $80 million last year. Uh, we should be executives at eBay, not resellers. Holy smoke, those are huge numbers. If you take the three of those and put them together, you're up uh, getting around the $140 million mark in the span of about 18 months. Uh, no wonder they call it FeeBay, man. They're paying those kind of numbers. <laughs> Whew. Uh, prior to 2019, eBay's CEOs had earned $18.17 million in compensation, in 2018, 17.67 million in 2017 and 15.94 million in 2016. The jump from 18.17 million in 2018 to the 77.95 million in 2020 is 329%. Now, to be fair, uh, as this article points out, companies often entice new CEOs with bonuses and equity awards, and upon their departure, they cash in those stock options and awards, which inflate kind of artificially the total annual compensation figure. So if you've ever been in a situation where you had stock options, you, you may know how that works. But essentially, you're granted this stock at whatever the price is at the time. Ideally, as a CEO, you have the impact on the company to raise the price of the stock so that when you leave or when you cash out those options, essentially what you're able to do is you own them at that lower price and you sell them for that higher price and you make out like a bandit. And that is essentially what happened in this case. Uh, there were some footnotes, some interesting footnotes in this article. Uh, eBay revealed that the current CEOs, um, what's his name? Where is there? Jamie Iannone, I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, included $53,063 for personal airplane usage and security and IT support in the amount of $24,075. Unlike their predecessor, there's no mention of quote-unquote secured chauffeured transportation <laughs> uh, for either Iannone or his temporary uh, predecessor. So uh, if you'd like to read this article and see all the numbers, it is all there. You can also go, there's a link in the article to the actual SEC filing, which reveals all this. I suppose it's not directly reselling related. It doesn't affect your ability to do business on a daily basis, but those numbers are just staggeringly high. So uh, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about Etsy. There is a great article over on uh, Search Engine Journal which just from the name of that, I bet you can guess what this is about. Uh, Etsy SEO, how to optimize your shop and listings for search. Uh, Etsy shops need SEO to be successful. Learn tips and best practices to help optimize your Etsy shop, product listing, tags, and more for search. Uh, it's a seven-part article. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. If you sell on Etsy or really anywhere where a title in particular and the use of tags might be helpful in generating traffic to your listing. There's some really good information here. Again, this is on Search Engine Journal. Um, it talks about how Etsy, in particular, decides to do product rankings, uh, what kind of things they look for, and so on. It talks about the keywords being key, which we all kind of already know. You want very kind of high-value specific keywords in your titles and in your listings, which are things that buyers 
would be looking for. It talks about how, for instance, if you sell original artwork, you might have given it a special name of your own and use that as the listing title. But the odds are that no individual buyer is going to know that title in advance and be looking for that. So you need to focus on more kind of general, broad-based keywords that would allow people to find that particular item. So again, I will link to this in the show notes and the video description below. Really interesting article. Talks about avoid repeating the same keyword. When you think you found a keyword that fits some of the products you offer, you might think it's your best bet to use that keyword for all of them to try to get all of those listings seen by buyers. But no matter how great your shop is or how many optimizations you've done, Etsy will only show your listings a few times in one search. This means if you're using the same keyword for multiple listings, most of them will not end up showing up, which is kind of counterintuitive. So again, if you're into SEO and you want to learn a little bit more about how to optimize your listings, this is geared particularly towards Etsy sellers, but it would probably be useful for anyone selling anywhere. This next little item, uh, if you are a reseller of women's athletic wear, this is something that you probably want to be aware of. Lululemon is going to begin reselling used workout clothes. Uh, an article published on Indie 100 talks about fans of upscale yoga brand Lululemon will be able to take worn leggings and sports bras back for gift cards after they launch their resale program. The shop, which is known for its pricey leggings, starting as in some cases around $100, announced it intends to test this new program named Lululemon Like New in shops in California and in Texas. At the moment, the plan is to start this program in May. Customers will be able to trade, quote unquote, like new merchandise, either in the shop or through the mail for gift cards worth anywhere from $5 to $25, depending on the price of the item. According to the statement, the returned items will be cleaned using state-of-the-art technology and then be sold to other customers at a discounted price starting in June. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot of this. Nike recently announced, um, and I didn't cover it on this podcast, but they announced that they are going to start a refurbished sneaker program. So these big companies have started to see that there is obviously significant money in reselling pre-owned merchandise. And they're going to start getting into the game. We talked about a few weeks ago that Goodwill is really focused on upping their game in their online store. So you're going to start as a reseller to face, I think, increasing competition from big corporate players in this space. So it's something you need to be aware of. I don't think it necessarily means it's going to crush this business, you're still liable to be able to find unique and interesting items, but the supply of them may begin to dwindle a little bit. And obviously you're on the selling side, you're going to face a little more competition. So again, uh, this is Lululemon, but I am sure this is not the end of that particular trend. Moving back to Etsy, there's an article on Marketplace Pulse that Etsy added nearly 3 million sellers over the past 12 months, more than double compared to the previous period. It started 2020 with less than 7 million sellers and now has reached 10 million. Uh, congratulations to Etsy. That's a big number, 10 million sellers. 
the number of sellers joining the marketplace is still accelerating, continuing the growth spurt that was started, of course, by the pandemic. Etsy is currently adding more than 300,000 new sellers every month, according to our Marketplace Pulse research. Uh, over the three years leading up to the pandemic, it was adding roughly 100,000 on average, a number that remains stable since the start of 2017. So pretty phenomenal growth over on Etsy. Again, I've, I've talked about this. It's a platform I do not sell on. I have probably some stuff in the old kind of vintage slash antique book category that I could sell over there. If you are an Etsy seller, uh, let me know how things are going over there on Etsy. Now that you're also seeing significantly increased competition. Last thing in the news, uh, you may have seen this. It was part of the spring seller update and it went live uh, on eBay. New coded coupons tool is now live for eBay store subscribers. So if you have an eBay store, you can now generate coupon codes as announced in the 2021 spring seller update. Coded coupons let you create and share custom discount codes that your buyers can apply at checkout. Available in the Seller Hub Marketing tab, this new tool replaces the previous codeless coupons tool. So they did away with the codeless coupon tool that has been available where it essentially created a custom link for you to give to people. Now you actually can make a code. Coded coupons are part of our suite of promotional tools and give you more flexibility and control over your marketing budget. You can show codes publicly on ebay.com or share them privately through your own marketing channels, you can send a printed coupon code in your orders to encourage repeat purchases. So this is kind of cool. You could make this a permanent code and have it either printed on your barcode on your on a thank you card that you put in your package. You could make a QR code for it and put that in the package. So there's a lot of options to try to generate repeat business, especially if you are a seller who sells in a specific category consistently. For instance, I have tons and tons of model railroad memorabilia magazines books it's something i actively source so that's something that i could send a code out to a customer to remind them to keep coming back to my shop to look for new things so this is kind of a this is a big deal i really really like that they've added this tool uh, you can control your marketing spend by setting a maximum budget specific start and end dates and expiration dates and you can also set conditions such as a per customer usage limit or a minimum spend. Uh, to create a coupon code, go to promotions in your Seller Hub marketing tab, select coupon in the create a promotion menu, and there is a link in the article that will take you directly there. With that, we're going to take a quick break over on the podcast so I can sneak in a little sponsor spot, and we'll be right back with a fairly brief flip of the week less what sold on eBay recap. Stay tuned. For most of us, sourcing is fun, but shipping, not so much. Reselling items online is amazing until shipping turns into a full-time job. Most of us didn't get into this hustle to become shipping or logistics experts, and we also didn't think that our lives would begin to revolve around getting orders out on time. Once you reach a certain point with your reselling business, it becomes increasingly difficult to step away. Taking a break is almost impossible unless you put your store on vacation mode, which may lead to slower sales. And that's where eBliss Reseller Solutions comes in. They'll store and ship your inventory so you can focus on sourcing and finding that life balance. Finally, you can get a break 
from those mundane tasks. If you'd like to learn more, there's a link below to my conversation with Dave and Lori, fellow resellers and the founders of eBliss Reseller Solutions. There's also an affiliate link, which you can use to get additional information directly from eBliss and help support the podcast. Thanks for checking them out, and be sure to tell them that Ryan sent you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. So let's take a look at a literal handful of things that I sold on eBay last week that I think might be of interest. As I said, leading into this segment, I don't have a flip of the week this week. Literally my biggest individual sale for last week was $30. (laughs) Uh, So like I said, kind of in the outset, I have sold through a fairly significant amount of my really high value items. But normally in a given week, I've got something that went for 50, 60, 80, hundred two hundred dollars this week nothing thirty dollars was literally i think my biggest sale so uh i don't have a ton here to share with you i have i think a half a dozen things it is what it is there are some potential minor bolos in here if you're out looking around and you see some of this stuff and they might be worth picking up but uh this first one is a cd from saint etienne uh it's a single daho and jungle pulse This is a Dutch pressing. It's in a cardboard sleeve. This was part of the big CD lot that I bought. I've never seen this actually out in the wild. But if you happen to find this, these were new and sealed. It sold for $19.99 with free shipping. Uh, I own it for three and a half cents. So that's a pretty nice flip. But uh, yeah, it's a it was really an interesting uh, any import pressing single. We've talked about this in the past imports singles and promotional CDs can be worth more money than you think. Some of them don't even include artwork. This particular one had some pretty nice art and was factory sealed. So that increased its value obviously by quite a bit, but uh, some of those things can be reasonably valuable. This next item is a digital stream DTX 9950 analog pass through digital TV converter box. (laughs) That is a mouthful, but They are absolutely worth picking up. I find these probably two or three times a year. This one was open, but was complete. A lot of times you'll find them new and sealed. When the broadcast networks made the conversion from the old analog signal to digital signal, you needed these converter boxes to get old TVs to work. So there are a lot of these floating around out there, and they still bring pretty decent money. You can generally pick them up really, really cheap. I paid one whole dollar for this. It sold for $19.99 plus priority mail shipping. So not a huge flip, but an item that you can find a couple of times a year for a buck new and sealed. They sell for anywhere from 30 to $40. So definitely be on the lookout for these things. Um, There are probably other brands of these as well that are out there, but this is one for some reason in this area, I find pretty regularly the digital stream analog pass-through converter box. This item, 
another Bible. If you've been playing along on the channel for a while, you know I'm all about the Bibles and religious books. I picked this up for a dollar at a thrift store. The Holy Bible King James Version 1611 uh, edition. This is a Hendrickson Bible 400th anniversary edition. So this came out obviously in 2011. For those of you who are not all that great at math, <laughs> uh, I couldn't find one exactly like this. So this is one of those instances where I will go ahead and kind of start an auction at what my minimum threshold is. Like I said, I own this for, I, it might've been $2, but either way, a buck or two. I started this auction at $19.99 with free shipping. It got five bids. It sold for $22.50. So that's not terrible. This is not one of the more expensive Bibles that I've ever sold. But in a week where your biggest sale was less than $30, $22.50 looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, I talked about these earlier, and I talk about them probably every couple of weeks on this channel, Model Railroader Magazine and Model Railroad Memorabilia. This was a set of Model Railroad Magazines from 1968. It was the full year. It sold for $27.99 plus shipping. So technically, I guess it sold for more than $30, but I don't, <laughs> I don't count the shipping really as part of my business because you're essentially giving it all back to the post office. But, uh, these old model train magazines individually can be really difficult to sell. Um, I have probably several hundred of them listed for anywhere from four to $15 a piece, depending on what they are. And I might sell one a week, but if you can get full years of these in reasonably good condition, they can bring some pretty decent money. Most of these I own for less than eight cents an issue. So a full year like this only cost me 96 cents. Sell it for $27.99. That's not too hateful. Next up, another CD. Uh, this is also new and sealed and out of that big lot, Tobin Sprout, Carnival Boy. This was fairly hard to find. Uh, from 1996 on Matador Records, brought uh, 29.74 on a offer. I sent out an offer, trying to drum up a little business. Pretty much every day, I'll go through my listings in my seller hub and see the items that are available to send offers on. And generally speaking, if the item is not already on sale or is not a brand spanking new listing. I'll go ahead and shoot out a bunch of 15% off offers, just trying to generate some traffic. In this case, that's what I did. And it brought $29.74 with free shipping on an item I own for less than four cents. And this last item is another book, old kind of vintage slash antique books can bring reasonably good to fantastic money. This was reasonably good. This is an item I own for 25 cents. The House of Morgan by Lewis Corey from 1930. It was a hardcover book published by G. Howard Watt. was in reasonably good shape. No significant damage to the cover. Lightly tanned pages. I owned it again for a quarter. It sold for $29.99 with free shipping. Technically, that would be your flip of the week because that was the highest priced individual item I sold. I did not bestow it. <laughs> uh, with the honorific, of flip of the week because it was $30. It's not that big a deal. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, thank you to all the new subscribers. Thank you to all the existing subscribers. Thank you, especially to my OG28 who are still coming around and commenting pretty regularly. I appreciate all of it. Please let me know again in the comments how your week 
has gone last week. What what are you seeing on particularly on eBay if you're an eBay seller? What has April looked like for you? I see a lot of talk that it has not been great for a lot of folks. So let me know. Share with the other viewers how your April has been. As always, I want to thank all of you for stopping by and spending a little time here at the Galaxy with me down here in the Bat Cave. And now it's time to sell. Hopefully. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great week. You have been listening to the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.